Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. We have the honor of having uh, Pastor Ken and Lynette Hagen with us today. What a privilege to have them in the house. And even more so, that God saw this day before I actually finalized uh, us purchasing the property. Pastor had called and wanted to come to a living faith, and he's always done us first. We were Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And so he was going to go down to Pastor Peg. I said, well, what do you want to do? You want to go with us first or go down south and come up? He said, let's go down south this time, and I'll end with you, which was the first time. And then we reached the agreement. We signed the purchase-sell agreement. And then after our due diligence, I realized, wait a minute. Pastor will be here. We could dedicate the property. So I called him up and said, Pastor, would you be willing to stay after? And he said, absolutely. And so instead of going home, they stayed after. And man, I'm just thankful that he's here. Amen. I want to share just a couple things real quick. Uh, before I turn it over and we'll have a video here in a moment uh, but this property is ordained by God um, I love Mr. Barry when I met him personally I actually met Mr. Barry at another church years ago a particular church lost a pastor and they were looking for another one we were in the Gamble Rogers at the time and him and another person came by to spy us out <laughs> And so they invited me to come over basically to try out to be their pastor in the church. Well, our church was larger than their church. They had a building we didn't. And so, you know, I went over and cast vision. The Lord actually told me what to do. He says, if they'll accept you, you'll shut this property down. You'll bring them over to the school. They'll be with you for six months, and then you come back into that property. Long story short, the denomination got involved, and that didn't happen. But Mr. Barry said, there's something about this guy. And he asked me point blank one day. He said, why are you here? I said, the Lord sent me. I didn't just show up because I wanted to be here, because we were born in Florida, because, you know, who would not want to come to St. Augustine? (laughs) But we had an assignment. But I didn't realize how much of an assignment. And it wasn't until 2018 when Pastor and Lynette uh, asked me to minister at commencement that I began to put some puzzle pieces together of my own personal life. And I think, you know, the more we do God's purpose, the more he'll let you see that he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And he made a connection with me concerning a prophecy in 1979 that Pastor Hagen's father spoke at Rama graduation of what is that sound? Of tramp. Tramp, tramp. And if you read that prophecy that Pastor read the other night, It'll tell you exactly what a Rhema graduate will do. Which means then, when he received the mission to start Rhema Bible Training College, he had the blueprint of what it must produce. And the prophecy says what type of minister is produced from Rhema. And these two produce those ministers. I can always know if I'm with Rhema by the prophecy. Because am I producing what the prophecy says? The training causes me to produce that. And what's so interesting about that prophecy, it was in May of 79, and a month later, 
I was born again. Before I even came into God's kingdom, he knew I would eventually answer the call to ministry and go to Ramah. I was amazed at that. But then as we've gotten into this property, and we came here and it wasn't for sale, but it seemed as if God wanted us to have it. When I got the big black book that was in the office, and I began to go through the history of this property, I realized in May or June, I still haven't figured out the month, but in one of those months, they broke ground in 1979 on this property. Wow. Now, I don't think that's a coincidence that God prophesied that I would come into his kingdom and be a part of Ramah. A month later, I'm born again, and in that same time frame, he started building our church. Amen. He started building our church. And why did he do it? Because there's a ministry here that God has set so that we can ignite the city and impact the nation and influence the world. We've done a lot in 17 years. I couldn't show it all in a small enough time, but I can give you a little glimpse of the things that are happening here. And then this is why God said, I have need of 2121 US One South. Today is the day of years of believing, negotiating, talking, and today the fruition. But I want to ask you a question. Where do we go from here? It's great that it's all happened. I had many phone calls with Pastor. And it's great that this has come to fruition. But this is not the time to sit down and enjoy a victory. In high school, my coach, we would win the ball game and he would say, Go home and, and have a good time because tomorrow we go to work again. Hallelujah. Any guys know what I'm talking about? This is a day to rejoice. This is a day to have a great time. But tomorrow we go to work. We have to answer the question, where do we go from here? You've come to this point as Anchor Church and as individuals. You've reached a plateau. You've accomplished, but you haven't finished. You stand at a crossroads today. You can rest on what you've accomplished and enjoy it. And say, okay, it's, it, we, we got it going. We're, we're all right. Or you can tighten up your belt. Stand up and square your shoulders as the church and say, we haven't done anything yet. We're just getting started. As John Paul Jones stood on the, that deck of that ship in the Revolutionary War, 
and it was tattered and it was beat and the British general asked him to surrender and he, his retort was, we've just begun to fight. That's what we need today. We need to answer the question, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? What was a dream is now a reality. Where do we go from here? Paul says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of high calling in Christ Jesus. There's five words that I want to deal with this morning. And as I deal with these words, I want you to take them corporately as Anchor Faith Church. But I also want you to take these five words and apply them to yourself individually. The first word, he said, this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting. What does that mean? That means to willfully overlook, omit, neglect intentionally. Paul said he was forgetting everything that had happened in the past. His successes, his failures. As he penned these words, I'm sure his mind went back to that day that he was the one that held the coats and cheered them on as they threw the stones and stoned Stephen. I'm sure his mind went back to a time on the Damascus Road when he met Christ. He was on his way to kill Christians and he met Christ. I'm sure he would like, I'm sure it wasn't very easy to forget those. Hey, that's good. He, he want to forget that. You want to forget the bad. But what about the fact that he had become the world's greatest missionary? What about the fact that they say that he built the largest church at that time in Ephesus? Some Chronological people say he had 20 to 40,000 members. Nobody knows. That's just what they can ascertain from different documents that they've been able to uncover and read. I do know that it was a large congregation. Another thing he had to forget was the many times that he was persecuted for the gospel's sake. You know, Paul could have really got a martyr's complex. But he forgot those things. You as a church, you have to forget yesterday. Nothing can be done about it anyway. You as an individual 
has to forget about yesterday. No matter the grief, no matter the heartache, no matter what you've experienced, let it go. Turn to your neighbor and say, let it go. You must now put all of your efforts into what God has before you as an individual and what God has for this church, Anchor Faith. What you do tomorrow is what you see God leading this church to do. The vision for any church comes from the shepherd, the pastor. You as a church must commit to that vision. Submit to that vision. God has given a vision. It was very plain in that video that the vision is there. It will evolve and it will change as things go. But your commitment is, I'm forgetting the past and I'm going to tomorrow. Whatever happened in the past has nothing to do with your future or the future of this church. Every church has a mandate to do what God is telling it to do. God does not need clone churches. He needs each church with its individual vision within the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. All of his churches are a part of the, the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And each individual church and each individual has their own vision, their own plan for God. And as they execute that, things will change. He said, forgetting what is behind. You can't live in the past and enjoy the future. The past is history. It can't be changed. But tomorrow can. If you let the past dominate you, you will never move to tomorrow. Don't worry about what is behind you. As I said a minute ago, nothing can be done about it in the first place. The devil will try to bring things from the past to your remembrance, but don't give him any place. It actually, if it's, it actually doesn't exist. Because God is not a God of the past, he's a God of tomorrow. If you read the word of God, he is always exhorting his people to move forward, to move on with him, to move upward. The next word is reaching. Now that's a 
interesting word. It actually implies stretching to the break, breaking point. It also implies effort and action. Many of you need to be stretched individually. You will find that as you follow the vision for this church from the pastor, you will be stretched. And if you will allow yourself to be stretched, you'll find that you have more ability than you realize. You'll find you can accomplish more than you thought you could. For us that have played sports, either high school or university, I played high school. A coach that is worth his salt will push you to be what you can be. We all have more potential to be more than we realize. We have to stretch. You'll find out that you can accomplish a whole lot more than you think you can. It just doesn't happen though. It happens by everyone putting effort into the vision to watch it come to fruition. You have to reach beyond what you think you can. I played in the teams at Rama until I was 64 years old. I played with my, I played with my son. I played with a lot of them, on, and especially was playing slow pitch softball. I'd lost some of my speed. I was a speed burner when I was young. I ran a, in 1957, I ran a 10-flat 100-yard dash, 100 yards, not 100 meters, on old cinder tracks with those long spikes. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You kids don't. I, I was out with my grandkids and, and my, well, actually, it was with Craig back when he was running track. And a minute, I said, if I had a track to run on that, no telling how fast I could run, you know. <laughs> But we're playing, we're playing slow fit softball, and I'm playing first base. And the ball was hit to the shortstop, and he, I stretched out as far as I could stretch, and I, I was so far stretched out trying to get the double play because if we got it, we won the game. I was so far stretched out, I had to... I, I had to put my hand on the ground and roll over in order to get up. <laughs> and I, I was so stretched out. And I remember old Delbert, he's the, he's the ref. We'd known him. He refed many of our games. And I heard him holler, out. And as I rolled over and to get up, I said, Delbert, was he really out? He said, I don't know, but it looked too good for him not to be. <laughs> But you see, by stretching out, you see, if you watch a ball game, you'll see a first baseman go into a stretch because the quicker he can get that, that glove on that ball, 
he has more of a chance of getting the out. Somebody said, man, you really, I said, I didn't know I could stretch that far. <laughs> but you see, I push beyond what I thought I could do to get that out. That was just the game. We're in this for eternity's sake. And it's up to us to reach out with every effort that we got. You must, as a person and as a church, get out of your comfort zone if you're ever going to accomplish. You need to, individually, you need to stretch to raise your financial abilities so that you can increase the financial resources of Anchor Faith. You need to stretch yourself to not be timid, but to invite people into the kingdom of God. Invite them to church. That's part of what it's going to take to go to the next level. We can never be satisfied with where we are individually with God or as a corporate body, church with God. The only thing you can be satisfied with is to be satisfied with the fact that you know that you're going to reach further. It says before. The implication here is to reach for the gold in front of you. We might say reach to the future. Look toward the goal. You cannot drive a car. You can't do anything looking backwards. The cardinal rule in running track is never to look right or left or worry about what's behind you. The cardinal rule when you are running track is that your focus is in that three foot wide lane that you're running in and you stay in your lane doing what you're supposed to do and you don't worry about anybody else. Individually, that's what you have to do. Church-wise, that's what you have to do. Stay in your lane. It doesn't matter what that church is doing. It doesn't matter what this church is doing. It doesn't matter. What matters are you accomplishing your vision that is before you. Are you doing what Anchor Church is supposed to do? Are you influencing the world? Or is it just a phrase? Rainbow Bible Church, our phrase is bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. And I ask myself many times and I look to see, are we doing that? It's important that 
You look to what is before you. You know, Paul says, you see the vision in front of you that's put before you from the pastor and you advance. You can't just have a vision and expect it to happen. You have to go after it. Your pastor and I, he served longer than I did, but we were served in the U.S. Army. In training, I never had to go to combat, thank God. I did go do some, because I worked secret stuff, and Vietnam was just starting in 63. But in training, they, we were training, I remember this one, we were training this hill assault. And we had a goal to take the hill. <clears throat> and I was a squad leader, and I had Alpha on this side and Bravo on this side. Back then, I don't know what they got now, back then I had a BAR, Browning automatic rifles like a machine gun. And I told them, I said, guys, we have to work together and we have to do our individual part, but we've got to work together. And I said, this, I was, was watching the other squads going up and doing this training. And I told my guys, I said, all right, I'm going to put I'm going to put John out there with that BAR and he's going to lay down a field of fire. And I want, I want, I want Alpha, I want y'all to come from this side. And I want half of Bravo to come from this side and the rest of us are going to go on the frontal attack. And I said, don't anybody move until I give the signal. I said all of that to say this. Each of you, in this church are in different positions to help accomplish the goal. Don't move until the leader, the pastor says to move. If, if one of those guys moves before I give the command to move, it messes up the whole plan of action. The vision is set forth and there will be more vision coming. But right now I see the vision is set forth and you must begin today because tomorrow starts today. You must hold that vision in front of you at all times of seeing people being saved and healed. This community being blessed through your efforts. And I'm going to say something. I want you to get a hold of this. As long as the vision is just words, nothing will happen you have to begin to move forward with the vision 
both in your personal life and in the life of anchor faith. Build a picture of the vision in your mind. Hallelujah. Good. I would walk when we built Rainbow Bible Church, and many of you have been there in Rainbow Bible Church, the big church that we built. I would take my staff, they were just breaking ground. And I took my staff and I said, can you see it? Because I'd showed them the plans. They said, yeah, I saw, I knew they didn't see it. <laughs> the slab was poured, everything, and I walked out and I said, okay, the pulpit is here. The choir's behind us. The seats are there, the balcony's up there. What was I doing? I had a picture in my mind and I was trying to get that vision and that picture into their minds because until I could get till they could see it like I could see it, we couldn't accomplish. So when the pastor casts vision, you get a picture of it in your mind and be ready to respond when he says go. The last word is press. That means to push, strain every fiber of your being to reach a goal. Paul knew he had a race to run and he was determined to run that race and finish that race. You'll never accomplish anything individually and as a church unless you make up your mind and commit to the fact that you're going to push, strain with everything you have until you see everything that God has for you in your personal life and in this church come into fruition. It's not up to God whether it happens or not. It's up to you. He's giving the vision. It's up to you to make sure that that vision is successful. You see, as a ball, on a ball team, I can practice with my teammates. We can go in the locker room before the game and the coach can give the game plan or give the vision. But it's no longer up to the coach when we take that field to make the goal of winning the game come to pass. It's every one of us. All 11 of us on offense. All 11 of us on defense. If you're basketball, all five of you. It's, it's the effort that we put into it that will bring the vision or the game plan into reality of a victory. You will never accomplish until you make up your mind 
that there is nothing that is going to stop me as an individual from receiving all of God. And there is nothing as, as a corporate body of anchor faith that is going to keep us from accomplishing the vision that God has set out for us. He has given us the property when it said that it couldn't be done. They didn't even want to sell. But God caused it to happen. It's up to each of you to realize that this is not man's plan. This is God's plan. And it's up to you as this church to commit to that. To forget anything that's happened to you personally or anything that's happened in the church in the past years. It's all behind you. Wave bye-bye to it and turn your face toward the goal that's in front of you and determine to reach out and to stretch. And it doesn't make, it, make any difference whether it's hot or cold, whether there's obstacles or no obstacles. I am going to reach the goal that God has for me and this church is going to reach the goal that God has for it. And when you do that, you will have an assurance in your life, a knowing that at the end, when it's all over and all said and done, and Jesus takes us out of here, you can say with the Apostle Paul, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. Thank you.